Let's pray before we read from God's word from John 3. Empowering God, we pray that you will send your Holy Spirit to move us to understanding your gospel. To help us believe the gospel, to give us strength and wisdom to live out your gospel. Just as you called people to discipleship centuries ago, you call us to be disciples and to follow you today. You call us to be kingdom people actively involved in the growth of your kingdom. Discipleship may seem difficult at times, but with you all things are possible. So pour out your Holy Spirit upon us as we discern what you are speaking to us here and now. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture reading is from the Gospel of John. John chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 3. We'll read from verses uh, 1 to 21. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with them. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked, Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You're Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And you don't understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Thanks be to God for his word. I was watching a uh, teaching video of Presbyterian preacher and teacher Tim Keller. And in this teaching, Keller uses an illustration of an unreliable vending machine. And most people here have probably used a vending machine at one time or another. You go up to the vending machine and you insert your loonies and you hit a button for the thing that you want. And in a working vending machine, out comes the product. 
But then there's times that you might be standing at the machine and there's that period of time that your money is in the vending machine, your loonies have been taken, you hear that last bit of change drop into the machine and you kind of just wait. You just need to wait for that pop or that chocolate bar or bag of chips or maybe something healthy to fall down. And it doesn't always fall right away. So we wait. We wait around. And inevitably, if it doesn't fall immediately, we'll kind of probably shake that vending machine or kind of bang on the front of it to get the product that we just purchased. Well, unfortunately, too often our life as disciples is like that unreliable vending machine. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus, the grace of Jesus Christ comes into us and God is waiting for that gospel message to come out. And he's waiting and waiting. The gospel is going into us. Our devotions, our church attendance, small groups, youth groups, Sunday school. God is dropping those loonies of grace into us. But then we're that stubborn, unreliable vending machine. That message of grace is staying in. It's just not coming out. And I think too many of us, myself included, have those times where God is waiting for the gospel of Jesus Christ to come out of us. And you've got to wonder whether God is going to shake us up like a vending machine, ready to drop that product, so that the gospel message of salvation, of grace and love will come out and be shared with others. As Sylvia shared through the children's message, one way of sharing the gospel with the colored beads. But there's other tools as well. And it, but it just reminds us of the simplicity of the gospel message. Well, let's jump back a little bit, a couple thousand years to when the people had no vending machines. The story from John 3 involves a conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, he had much going for him. He was a Jew. He was part of the Jewish ruling council. He was part of the Sanhedrin. He was a well-known teacher. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And Pharisees, they were obedient to the Torah, the law of Moses. Pharisees were a group of learned Jews, theologians who thought a certain way as to Israel's standing as God's people. The Pharisees were a group that focused on traditions and the laws, and they emphasized correct behavior. So as long as you were a Jew, as long as you behaved a certain way, you were a good person, and in their theology, you were able to be saved. It doesn't matter what was inside, or as long as it looked good on the outside... God's word and his grace was going in, but no grace and gospel was coming out. Only law. Prior to this story in John 3, Jesus was at the temple during the Passover feast. And Jesus was performing many miracles before the people. You can read that in chapter 2. Nicodemus was likely hanging out around the temple in Jerusalem, and he was probably following Jesus around, keeping a close eye on Jesus watching his actions, watching Jesus' actions during the day. He saw Jesus' miracles and was astonished by them. The gospel of grace was going into this human vending machine called Nicodemus. 
but he was an unreliable vending machine. Notice at the beginning of our story in chapter 3, verse 2, the Gospel writer John states that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. And this is significant. He comes to Jesus at night when nobody else is around. Nobody can see him. He's kind of stalking Jesus during the day, watching all that's going on. But then he comes to Jesus at night. And he does come, he does profess his faith in Jesus. He calls Jesus a teacher who has come from God. He's a miracle worker who has God in him. But he does it at night. Approaching Jesus during the day would have been awkward. His other Pharisee buddies would have seen him. Perhaps they would have ridiculed him. They may have called him names, like there goes good old Saint Nick. They would have pressured Nicodemus not to conform to this unknown wannabe teacher that people call Jesus. There was likely pressure from his religious peers that Nicodemus would lose his standing as a religious leader if he was seen paying attention to this Jesus fellow. If the gospel of grace came out, Nicodemus would likely have incurred some losses. So what would anybody do? Follow Jesus in the dark. Come to Jesus at night. At the end of our passage this morning, John refers to light and refers to dark. You see, there is no risk in proclaiming Jesus when there's nobody around to see it. Don't let on to others that you're a believer. Don't let on that you follow Jesus. Keep that gospel message inside. Don't let anything out. So Nicodemus wants to be a follower of Jesus. He wants to be a Christian, but one that is not known by anybody. He's quite content with the loonies into the vending machine and no product coming out. Because when you keep the message in, you've got nothing to lose. Well, so you think. Nobody will notice you're a Christian. Nobody will ridicule you. Nobody will ask you to say grace at the company Christmas dinner or the community suppers. Keep a low profile and and don't let on that you're a believer. Nobody will know that you're supposed to be different than them. So are people able to tell from our behavior, from our actions, from our reactions, from our works, from our lives that we're followers of Jesus? That we're followers of Jesus at work? Or what about school? Or what about even at places like grocery stores or Tim Hortons drive throughs or, or what about church? Or what about vacation Bible school, soccer camp, serve or other mission trips? Sure, people can assume that we are followers of Jesus, but are we living it out? Is that gospel message of grace coming out through our words, through our actions, or is the product staying in? Are we like Nicodemus and we come to Jesus at night when nobody's looking? If people find out that we're followers of Jesus, we might lose that promotion at work or maybe our grade on the paper will be reduced. Will friends call me names? Are we followers who come to Jesus only at night? Is our relationship with Jesus all about loonies into the machine and nothing out? 
As the story in John 3 continues, Jesus enters into a discussion with Nicodemus about being born again and about having the Holy Spirit in him. And Jesus teaches Nicodemus what God has done through Jesus. Nicodemus was a keener in Bible class, and he knew his Old Testament. God's word was poured out into this human vending machine. So Jesus referred to this Old Testament story of Moses putting a bronze snake on a pole in order for the Israelites who received snake bites to be saved. Now typically in scripture, a snake represents sin. The bronze snake on the pole in this case represented sin as well. People needed to acknowledge their sins in order to to see their need to be saved. It's that black bead of salvation that has separated us from God. And we need to acknowledge that we are indeed in need of rescuing. And scripture points us to that need, to the need of salvation. Scripture points us to our need for Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament story of the bronze snake points to the New Testament story of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now, of course, the story of the cross had not yet happened at this time of Nicodemus. But we know the story. We know about it. When we look to Jesus on that cross, we acknowledge our sin. As we read in John 3, verses 14 and 15, just as Moses lifted the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Eternal life only comes through faith in Jesus. Verse 16, God loves us so much that he sent his one and only Son, Jesus, for you. Jesus Christ took all our sins upon him. He's removed that poison out of our lives. And not only has he removed the poison, the sin, from our lives. We saw that red bead, right? But Jesus has become sin for us. And we don't only celebrate that at Lord's Supper's. We celebrate that every week when we come together. We celebrate that every day. Jesus has become sin for us. He's taken all our sins upon him. He's become like that snake on the pole representing sin. Jesus represents our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Believe in Jesus that he has removed all our sins. That white bead. And Jesus continues to proclaim to Nicodemus how light has come into the world. Jesus is the light of the world. But then we hear that people would rather gravitate toward the darkness and love the darkness. Right? Nicodemus came to Jesus that night as well. But in verse 21, Jesus preaches, But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be plainly, seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, and to us, don't come to me at night. Friends, don't pretend that you're a Jesus follower, and yet you remain an unreliable vending machine. Follow the light. Live in the light. Let the gospel message out. Live our lives for Jesus, that green deed. Following and completely committing to Jesus is a decision that you need to personally accept. But it is a decision that needs to be shared corporately in a community. 
What we believe and whom we believe, Jesus, needs to be shared with the community of God's people. With God, with, in, in the church, outside the church, God saves people, but salvation needs to be lived out and talked about. We need to be vending machines of God's amazing grace. As followers of Jesus, Scripture clearly challenges us to be open about our faith. That takes courage. It takes work. Nicodemus came at night. But Jesus said followers live by the light. They don't live by the dark. And if you're someone who is keeping the gospel of grace in, and I think we can admit, admit that we are all that someone many times in our life, then let's allow the Holy Spirit of Jesus to challenge each of us and to continue His work in us. I'm not going to focus too much on being born again. But what I do want to focus on is the part where it talks about the Spirit's role in our lives. Because we can try to do things on our own. But on our own, we cannot accomplish what God can through the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit of Jesus is at work in us. And when Jesus is putting that message of grace into us, He's also giving us the power and the strength of Jesus through His Holy Spirit. Salvation is all on account of God's grace through Jesus. Respond to God's grace through faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Follow Jesus openly, sharing with others what God has done and continues to do in each of you. We have the greatest gift given to us. And there's plenty of this gift to go around. So why aren't we sharing it as much? It's one thing to hear information. We come to church, we hear information. It's good to sit and to receive the gospel message into us. But Jesus' gospel coming in needs to mean gospel going out. Because gospel involves action. Discipleship involves action. Claiming the earth as the kingdom of heaven will require active people. So we have several opportunities to be living gospel vending machines. We go on mission trips, serve, VBS, soccer camp, farm shows, more. We're sent out each and every day into our workplaces, into our neighborhoods, into our families. If you go on mission trips, later in the service we'll hear a response from the youth about their serve trip. But if you go on mission trips or take part in events because it's going to be good fellowship and fun, great. But get ready for God to shake you up like a vending machine. Because that gospel message would need to get out. Following Jesus is for those who are ready for action. In our North American culture, too often it's just not cool to let people know that we're Christian. Maybe you don't want to be labeled that holy roller for Jesus. This vending machine just ain't working. But we need to let our light shine as we sang earlier in the song. Mighty to save. As we hear from God's word. Live in the light. There will be times, yes, that we're going to mess up. There's going to be times people are going to take offense. And people may even tell you to shut up. People might tell you to leave. In fact, you could be fired from your job, and even in schools there's challenges. In the justice, justice system there are inconsistencies. There's a story a couple years back about a man in Hawaiian court who was acquitted. And while in the courtroom at the end of the trial, he said, Thank you, Jesus. 
and he was held contempt of court. Being a disciple is not an easy road. But don't be anxious about the words. You'll be provided with what you need by the Holy Spirit who is with you. Depend on the Holy Spirit rather than on yourselves. We have much participation in the mission of Jesus, but we also are to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus. We've been given power, the power of the Spirit. We've been given power that is at work in us, and that's all we need. Scripture talks a lot about this power. It's Romans 8.11, where we're told that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is that power that is living in us. That is an awesome reality. Following Jesus, being a Christian, involves us to take action. Grace is a free gift of God. But it did cost it costs a lot. Costly grace is the grace that sent a man to the cross. Costly grace is the grace that sent God's one and only son to the cross. Costly grace is the grace that says that we are so valuable that a life was given in the place of ours. Costly grace involves our response when God sends us out to do his mission in his kingdom. Let's not just let the grace of God stay in us. May we be vending machines that don't need to be shaken. But people who share that amazing grace of Jesus with others. Amen. Let's pray. God, you've called us to proclaim the gospel message through our words. And through our actions. And we're to live the gospel in our lives. And scripture is also clear that there are challenges in this world. Help us not to let fear, nerves, or anxieties prevent us from doing your will. Help us not to be ashamed of being followers of Jesus, but rather wear our faith on our sleeves. Help us to realize that gospel takes action on our part. And even though some things seem impossible or difficult, anything is possible through you. We pray, Lord, that you will stir your people to action, that you will revive us as individuals and and as a body in your kingdom, seeking you and seeking your will. We thank you for the opportunities that you put upon us. And may we see Jesus' relationship with us as a, a response of thanksgiving and gratitude in our lives. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us as we strive to do your mission in this church, in this community, in this world, in your kingdom. To you be the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.